0: I was being vocal about something, about this present, you know, at the time. And I said, hey, you know, I told him, well, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. He goes, yeah, but I've also heard of a Chinese proverb. He goes, the standing up nail gets hammered down. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> right? Now, you know, I thought about that and I thought, oh, boy, you know, message received, right? I am kind of a pig-headed type individual, and sometimes it takes a while for me to gather things. and And so for somebody to be... Uh, He he hit the nail on the head, pun intended, right, Uh, with that, Uh, and it was like, oh, gotcha. We live in a current environment where I do believe, like I said just a moment ago, I do believe that our government has overstepped their bounds. They have overstepped our constitutional rights and privileges that that are guaranteed in how we worship. They have told us that they have banned singing. Now, it is a one thing that we must remember. They have banned singing from from, uh, religious services. That is a special order there is no such law no such law i don't even know where they they talk about the congregation and all these things you you just wait there's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after all this stuff is said and done i know they're running under the guise of of special order in a state of emergency and all these other things but there have been an absolute infringement on constitutional privileges and rights as americans Over and over and over again. And when he came in, and they said through the through the health department, they came in and said, "No, you guys should not be singing." It's my personal opinion. We should sing louder. And defy that. You go. What do you mean? We're defying a special order. We're not. See, a lot of times there are a lot of Christians sitting back, going, "Well, you know, we got to be obedient to all this stuff." It's like, well, yeah, you do. You know, when the laws change, the Scripture teaches us to obey the laws of the land, and we are. Our Constitution protects this right. Our First Amendment is protected under these. This is an infringement. Everything that they've done is an absolute infringement under the guise of safety, of which we cannot trust any of the figures that have been showed to us. Is the disease real? Is the sickness real? Absolutely. Is it killing people? Yes, it is. How many people is it killing? I don't know. You don't know. And anybody that tells you a figure is lying to you. You've heard of people dying. They have stage four leukemia. They have cancer. And they get sick with this disease. And it gets marked as COVID. They're knocking on death's door already. That disease did not kill them. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't want any of us in here to get sick. I think that we should practice good hygiene. We should wear—if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. If you feel more comfortable doing those kind of things, absolutely, you should be able to do that. But we live in America. There may come a time where they change the laws in this country, and guess what? When they change those laws and they make an amendment or they change that First Amendment, there's nothing you or I can do about it. We will be forced obey the laws of the land but currently our laws and our constitution protect our right to gather and worship how we see fit do you remember when israel wanted to to exit egypt one of the things that they wanted to do was worship their god the freedom to worship their god That was the premise in which they were were granted their exodus so that they could go and worship their God how they chose and saw fit. We live in a current climate, brethren, that deserves our prayers. We'll read today where... And look, I'm not looking to poke the bear. I'm not looking to go to war with anybody, although I will stand behind. You know, when Paul was arrested, one of the times that he was arrested in, in the book of Acts, this is the thing, and you can go back and read this. You go back and look in the book of Acts, and they were about to flog him. You remember that? They were about. They were fixing to flog him. He says, whoa, I'm a Roman citizen. They all backed up and said, whoa. You're, he's a Roman citizen they verified that he's a Roman citizen. they went about it a whole different way because he had rights and privileges that were afforded to him because he was a Roman citizen. So you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people out there say, well I'm not going to do that because I'm afraid but hogwash, stand up for your God. Stand up for your faith. There's too much of this around where we're getting pushed into a corner. You go, well, we're we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. There's no law to point to these things. No such law exists. It's a special order by a dictator. We can rather we can point to our own constitution where it says in black and white, this is protected. You but out. You don't tell us how to worship our God. There may come a day in America where we get told how to worship God and the church may have to go underground. But that day is not now. If we don't push back now, if we don't stand for our rights now, they will push us into a corner forever. Forever. The thing that we must remember, you say, oh, it's just singing. Do you know how important singing is to God? God's people have won battles by merely singing. Not fighting, not picking up a sword. They've won battles by singing. Sitting back going, well, it's not that big of a deal. Hogwash, it is. Preventing us from singing to our God is a fundamental element of who we are as Christians. It is an attack on Christianity under the guise of health. Well, it's for everybody's protection. You got people running around going, wear masks, save people. Six months ago, I can show you an article and a video where they tell you those surgical masks that everybody wears out there, the people that need to wear those are sick people. They do you no good. If you think that that's going to protect you from somebody out there, it doesn't. It doesn't catch droplets. You got people running around wearing face shields. We got we got stores. We got stores with plexiglass, we're six foot uh, social distancing, and masks. When is it enough? When is all that enough? So if, if we do the plexiglass, if we do the social distancing, why do we got to wear a mask? If we're wearing masks, OK, listen, it's spun out of control. That's what it is. It's 100 percent spun out of control. You got people fighting against each other saying, well, you don't. if you don't wear a mask, if you don't do all these things, they've turned fear and not fear of God, by the way. They've turned fear into a virtue. Fear is not a virtue. Being virtuous is standing up for something that you believe. Fear is not a virtue. Fear causes you to do irrational things. Take a look around. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, Depending on how far this goes on social media, you all may be bailing me out. So, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now there, there needs to be more of God's churches that stand up. Stand up for God. You have the opportunity. You sit back we look at this and go, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. There are examples given to us in Scripture. When they tell you not to sing, you sing. There may come a day where our lives are threatened. And see, this is the sneaky attack that we encounter in America. You look at all this, you go, no one's got holding a gun to our head and telling us whether or not we can and can't serve God. No, but guess what they did? They slid it in on the side through some kind of sickness. And they said, now you can't sing. Now you can't gather. What? Yeah. It's not the Hollywood type thing that you think about where you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. You know, it's going to be one of these scenarios where I'm sitting there and I got a gun to my head. Do you believe in Jesus? No, right now it's being questioned. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you stand upon him? Is he your rock? Or some sickness or the fear of some sickness. Going to prevent you from serving your God. I am not looking for us to be reckless in our, in our treating of things and, and to not wash our hands, to not wear those things. If somebody wants to wear a mask, somebody wants to do I'm fully okay with all that. But you cannot allow the hysteria, the fear, and everything that's going on and, and lay down for what our government is doing to us right now. Giving one guy credit for all this, by the way, I think is too much. You say, well, is Gavin Newsom the the antichrist? No, I don't think so. But people in government absolutely right now are being used as tools and instruments of Satan. There is an attack on our religious beliefs and freedoms. And it is in opposition to the church. We have a battle going on, folks. And every, you look at it. Hey, when this all first started, you can't meet. And everybody harnessed that, said, yeah, we can't meet because we don't, hey, first month, we don't wanna get people sick. We think this thing's gonna spread through America. We think it's gonna just kill a bunch of people. Hey, for the first month, I've said this before, for the first month of all this, they get a pass in my book because they didn't know. After the first month, you got data and none of the decisions that we're making match the data that's presented to us. We can't even get accurate data. Why? Because we're relying on a giant bureaucracy of the government to act in a timely manner. It's impossible. There's too many people involved in all that. The bureaucracy it's it's a waste of time. We can't wait for that. So guess what we have to do as Americans and, and as citizens in this country? We have to make informed decisions for ourselves. That's what makes America so beautiful. And it's such a great place to live. It says in First Timothy chapter two and verse one, it says, First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a, a, a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator, mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus." who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time. Now I'll stop there. You go look at that, what do you mean? Listen, I'm preaching this message so that we can understand how to pray for one another. I want us to lead a quiet and tranquil life. I just want them to leave the churches alone. And that's what we need to pray for. Hands off, back off. Leave our relig- religious institutions alone back off you don't belong there and that we can stand behind this institution this this church this body that we have here this called out assembly that we can stand here and know that we are not getting infringed upon pray for that i'm not looking to go to battle with anybody i'm not looking to do anything matter of fact it's quite the opposite But one thing I would like to solicit is our God. I would like all of us to solicit our God and pray and petition to our God to say, God, this is battle because it's too big for you and I. Look at us. We're a small church. This isn't something that I think that we could take on. Oh, boy, not by ourselves. But our God, he can crush it. Believe that. And through your prayers, this can be accomplished. But I do believe that he is – this is a petition and a prayer to all preachers and pastors everywhere. Stand up for whatever – what we got left. Stand up for it. Now, this is a call, and a. And a it, it, is, it is an avenue through which I personally believe that we are being attacked, and we are not even perceiving it as an attack. Listen, they they, they told us we couldn't meet for the first two months, right? We had to do online services and all these other kind of things. Then he says, oh, okay, now you can meet, but it's a 25% capacity max of 100 people, right? Now you got to wear masks. Now you can't sing. They are all in our Kool-Aid. They are all up in it. Before, they never said anything about it. And if you think for a second and everybody that's laid down and allowed this to take place for all those churches that have laid down and and allowed this to take place, it will be easier next time. Yes, it will. They have a footprint. They have a they have a plan of attack. They figured out how they can infiltrate the churches. The only protection that we have is God himself. This has a, been a case study for government agencies. You look at it and you go, what do you mean? They've looked at how far they can push the American people. They've looked at how far that they can push the churches. Next thing you know, they're going to start looking at opportunities to take away tax-exempt statuses and things like that. They've already been looking for that anyways. The fact that I preach the message that I'm preaching right now Maybe one of those say, oh, you're talking against the government. Yeah, because you're infringing upon our rights. Well, maybe you don't need to be a church anymore. I'm sorry, you don't make that determination. My God does. Our God supersedes the laws of this land. We need to be obedient to the laws of this land as the scripture teaches us. But well, you must understand what a law is. There's no penal code. There's no health code. There's nothing in there that they're going to cite you. What, what do they cite you according to? A special order? There's no health code violation. They don't. There's nothing that they could refer to. There's nothing on the books. Do you know why? Because there's a whole process for that to be accomplished. For laws to come into play. And they went around all of it, or they're attempting to go around all of it. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I was actually reading this, this passage of Scripture uh, prior to the, the most recent special order that's, that's come through. And I was, I was actually reading this because I, I, I'm particularly fond of Jehoshaphat's response. Because I think that it's, it's very, very important for us to look at. In verse 1, it says, Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Munites, came to war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aaron, and behold, they are in Hazan-Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Now, this is the part that I was really kind of looking at because I I heard something earlier in the week. I thought, man, that's interesting. In verse 3, it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not the God in heavens? Are you not the ruler over all the kingdoms and nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. I'll stop there for just a moment, but you look at this. The point of it is in verse three. Actually, this is originally why I was studying it. You look at Jehoshaphat's response. Listen, he had some pretty hey the sons of Ammon and the sons sons of Moab they were no joke. They were some serious warriors. They they ruthless, okay. And they banded together. Oh boy, this is not looking so hot. So guess what? But I like Jehoshaphat's response. He was afraid. And it's okay for God's people to be afraid. And it's okay for us to recognize our fear. And I am afraid. I'm afraid of the current world and state that we're in. I really am. And I think there's a lot of you out there probably in the same boat. At least if you're looking at it from a spiritual set of eyes. But he turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. His response. It's textbook, isn't it? For us as christians i'm afraid so what do i do i turn to god and we must turn to god we must turn to the lord in this time and boy it gets even better because it fits so well with currently what we're dealing with right now i'm telling you right now in, in verse verse six it says, he said lord the god of our fathers are you not the god in heavens are you not the ruler of all the kingdoms and nations power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you He began to declare his majesty and his dominion over this earth. You know what? God deserves to hear that. Not that God has an ego, not that he needs to hear it. He needs to hear you say it, he needs to hear me say it. He needs to understand that, yeah, our government is pressing down upon us, but he's in charge. He's the most important. He's in charge of all these rulers. He's in charge, in charge of all this earth. He's in, he's in charge of all of it. But he needs to hear us say that. So when we pray to God about our nation, when we pray to God about our state, when we pray to God about the current state of affairs, make God know that you declare his majesty and his dominion and his sovereignty. Because that's who he is. He needs to hear us say it. It's not found in some book. It's not found in some test. It's not found in some vaccine. It's not found in some pill. It's not found in some group or this or that. It's found in God. It says in verse 7, Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? Reminder. Their reminder. Reminder. They have lived in it and have built your sanctuary there in your your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, a sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. And, And cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Our deliverance, brethren, from all this comes from God. He is our salvation. He is what makes us great, not in and of ourselves. We have no power by ourselves. But when we align ourselves with our Heavenly Father, there is no power greater or higher or more majestic than our God. Should evil come upon us? Evil has come upon us, brethren. It absolutely has evil has absolutely come upon us verse 10 now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out to the land of Egypt they turned aside from them and did not destroy them see how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession which you have given us as an inheritance O our God will you not judge them for we ourselves, before this great multitude, are coming out against us. Nor do we want, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. If that's not as true of a statement right now, I don't know what is. I don't know the answer, right? I don't know the answer to this. I don't know. I don't know how to pick up on all the lies that are being that are being spewed to us and the, in the media that's lying to us. You don't. I, you look at the, the the coverage of all these things, and it doesn't matter what the coverage is. If you go to Fox News, there's a bent there. If you go to CNN, there's a bent there. And it's all meant to drive fear into our hearts. And it's meant to drive us to believe exactly what they're telling us. Nobody reports the facts anymore. They think that we're idiots. And you know what? The case study is proving that that's the case. We don't know what to do, but we know you do. That's our thought process. At least that's my thought process. Because I've had some people come ask me, what do you do? I don't know what to do, but I know God knows what to do. I continue to petition him. Use the scripture to inspire, to, 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 to instruct us, to show us what to do. The scripture's there for a reason. There are so many applicable scriptures. You think this is the first time that God's church has ever been persecuted? Or have ever been targeted? Or ever been made difficult to serve God? Matter of fact, this is kind of light in comparison to some of the things that they've gone through, right? But a failure to recognize it, you're asleep at the wheel. I don't know how it is in other states, but I can tell you right now, in this state, if you don't recognize that there is an absolute attack against this uh, against the church you are asleep at the wheel sit back and just take your medicine i'm not doing it and i don't think we should either verse 14 and it says then in the midst of the assembly the spirit of the lord came upon Je- Jeheziel, the son of zechariah the son of Beniah, the son of Jael the son of Matana, the Levite, the son of Asaph, and he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh. It's not for you and I to fix. We don't fix this. But our God does. And that's the proper position for us to be in. Amen. Is turn to our God more now than ever and to pray about this and look to him and say, God, help us. This is not good. Sitting back and just accepting what they're doing and not petitioning your God means you're asleep at the wheel. Do not, be, do not be lulled into the status. Well, I guess this is life. No, this isn't life. It doesn't have to be. We can petition our God every day. We pray to him. It says, do not fear or be dismayed because this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. We must pray that if this is the path that God has chosen for us to go down... That he would give us the strength and the courage. and But we must also recognize, just like I fight for you and I fight for this assembly. And I think that it's been worthy of us to fight for our faith in this in this state and in this country. I think we must fight through our prayers by hitting our knees and petitioning our God to not take this lying down. I don't want to take it lying down. It ain't our job. doesn't mean we go fight them in Congress or any of those other things. We fight them through prayer. We fight them through our God. Verse 16, it says, Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up to the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jerul. You need not fight this battle. Station yourselves and stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. He says, you don't need to fight this battle, but I want you to show up. Oh, what does that mean? That means you're paying attention. You're still listening to instruction. We're still doing what God has requested us to do. In other words, you don't sit back and just hope that this this blows over. That's not how this works. When we are being attacked and when we are being when when we're having things taken away from us as a church, you don't sit back and just sit idly and hope that it all blows over. That's not how it works. God says, look, I'm going to fight this battle for you, but I need you to show up. Why do I need you to show up? We'll get to that. It's in a couple scriptures. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites, in verse 19, He says, The Levites, the son of the Kohathites, and the sons of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out and stood, Listen to me, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, and and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army. Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing... And praising, the Lord set ambushes against the son of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and and who had come up against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy each other. When Judah came to look out of the wilderness, they looked down on the multitude. And behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. While they were singing, while their praises were being lifted to God, God fought the battle and won it. He caused them to turn on each other. He caused the he caused it to absolutely decimate. And we'll get to the, actually the benefit of this too is that you look at it, you go, "So, you look at well, no singing in church. Uh-uh, hogwash. Battles have been won by lifting our praises to our God. Matter of fact, the battles that have been won by men in the Bible have never really been won by the men themselves. It's been won by their faith and by their God. You remember their conquest of Jericho to march around the city to blast the trumpet? To sit back and to not sing to your God is more than complicit. It's more than cowing and cowering down to the fear of our government. It is silencing your voice to your God. And we shall not and should not stand for that. Yeah. Battles have been won. By us lifting our voices to him. By putting our faith in him. The question I ask is, is, will a little sickness prevent you from singing to God? If a sickness will stop you from singing to God, how in the world do you think you will be able to stand up for your God When a sword is put to your throat, how are you going to do it? Well, you know, it's a really sharp sword, it's very convincing. We can't allow it. We cannot allow that. We cannot sit back and idly do that. And, and, And through that, brethren, we need to pray to our God and say, No way. Lord, please fight this battle for us. If he stops us from singing, if, they, if the government stops us from singing, what's next? They'll stop you from saying the things that are found in this book too. At some point, it's coming. And if there's nobody out there, if we don't petition our God to say, hey, I really need you to go punch these people in the face, if you could, please, this government, because they're really causing us a problem. It's like going to your big brother. (laughs) I need some help. I need some help here because they sure are making it hard. They're telling me I can't sing to you. need to quit with all that. The Lord set ambushes and destroyed them, utterly decimated them. I like in verse 25, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to to take their spoil, they found so much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things that they took for themselves more more than they could carry. And they were there three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Sound familiar? You know their exodus from Egypt? They plundered the Egyptians. Without lifting a finger. Matter of fact, all they did was gird their loins. Right? Get out of Dodge. They plundered him. In verse 26, It says, that, And then on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka. For there they had blessed the Lord. Therefore they had named that place the valley of Baraka until that day. Every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat. At their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Brethren, we need to stand firm and we need to petition God now more than ever. It is so much more. And I, I told you, I, I, at the beginning of this week, I was studying this, and I was really only looking at it from Jehoshaphat's original response when he was scared and he was afraid of the Lord. He was like, the first thing he did is he went to God and declared a fast. I thought, man, that's really good. And then we see all this madness come, come out where they say, hey, you can't sing. And it's like, whoa, wait, hey, I've been studying something here that says, man, they won. While they were singing, God said ambushes. It's more than not singing. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mankind telling us, a government telling us how to serve our God is persecution. Although it's nice and friendly and they send out flyers and presentations, right? You look at it and go, well, that's a nice presentation. It, it correlates to a doctor and a panel of all these people that are godless. Because if they believed in God, there's no way that they would dictate these things. It is indiscriminate. It is across the board. Some would say, well, we don't chant. But there are people out there that do. But they can't. Why? Because they don't care about God in any form or fashion. It is so much more than you can't sing and the droplets are expelled. It is so much more than that. It is an attack on us. Wake up, smell the coffee, and hit your knees. We need to petition God, and while we're singing, we pray that his battle, that the battle rages on without us, that he fights that battle for us. There's great power in your prayer, brethren. We serve the one true God. He is the God that, that, that sets up leaders and takes them down. I pray that if this is the, the, the avenue in which God is going to take us down, that he would give us the grace and the understanding to know what to do. When they came out and said that, I was like Jehoshaphat. I was afraid. As your pastor... And as I know and understand scripture, when someone says you can't sing, I was afraid. Sitting back on your laurels and going, hey, it's not that big of a deal. You got your head in the sand. It is a big deal. Wake up. It's important. They can collectively, in the state of California, silence all of the churches from singing praises to God. Oh, it's not. Well, when you phrase it that way, it sounds like a lot bigger deal because it is. It's huge. That is a huge deal. They can silence the churches in one day. They've already prevented us from meeting in person. Oh, that's not that big of a deal. We got we got online services. Online services is a good tool for those who are sick or maybe shut in. But gathering together is an absolute fundamental right as Americans and it is absolutely essential for us as God's people. And now you can't sing. Not that big of a deal. Whatever. It's huge. Battles have been won by the praises that we sing. Never forget that. It's bigger than you think. In John chapter 14, I'll leave you with this. Because as Jehoshaphat, if I could steal his words, Lord, I'm afraid and I don't know what to do. We turn to him. And I'll tell you guys right now, I'm not afraid of preaching this message right on City Hall steps i'll do it you give me the opportunity you just have to bail me out but i'll do it well, you. You won't have to well, we'll maybe we'll have to put up fun together or something right just... It just well, thank you brother it's good to hear in verse six he says jesus said to him i'm the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father but through me We cannot forget that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In in this tumultuous time, in this time where you're going, it's not that, wait a minute, all these freedoms, all these things being taken away, all these things being grabbed at by the government is an attack on the Lord's church by Satan himself. And the tool and instrument that he is is using is social unrest in our country right now, as well as this sickness, both of which are real, both of which... Have a merit of truth and honesty in them, but man, look how they've, what it's turned into. Why? Because Satan's at work in all of those things. Doesn't mean that we can't again wash our hands, stay home if you're sick, all the normal precautions that we should all take. Absolutely, believe in that 100%. Someone said, Well, you know, this disease. I've seen people, well, this disease is real. Just because I don't want to wear a mask doesn't mean I don't believe it's not real. You understand that? What I don't believe is that this is going to destroy mankind. Because you ain't taking that out of God's hands. Nope. Ain't no sickness going to do it. <laughs> it's not how it works. His scripture's already given it to us. Brethren, I'm afraid we don't know what to do, right? Hit our knees. Pray for, Pray for God's guidance and his direction. And you know what? We sing his praises because battles have been won by doing it. Lord bless you and keep you guys.